at the red carpet on a cart. Well, <laughs> we should we should be waiters. Hey, fish. Guess what? We are loaded with March Madness and Oscar Mania. Thus, the formal wear tonight for us. Normally, we don't wear formal wear, but we're we're having it tonight because we're going to give you the picks for college hoops and also the Academy Awards. Now, the hard line with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning podcast will only be with us in spirit. Today is his anniversary, so he's making sure about some other odds tonight. But he left us with some picks from the hard court, from the hard court and the red carpet. He'll love that one, right? And we're going to see how those odds jibe with Heidi's Hollywood. Heidi will be giving us her Hollywood insider picks, plus we have the dragon movie guy, Brian Torreson, giving us his predictions as well. We promise they won't hold back. Now, our schmuck of the week is a not-so-smart dog owner, and who's got the swag is a chef who knows how to feed millions in need. Plus, our special guest is rock star Damon Johnson, who has toured with Alice Cooper, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Robert Plant, and Leonard Skinner. He was also in the band Thin Lizzy, but coming up, he's also part of a huge rock and roll and golf charity event that we will be at. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We're coast to coast coming to you from Las Vegas in Myrtle Beach. We talk sports, entertainment and everything in between that really a lot of other people don't talk about. But we talk about it here because it's what you want to hear. Fish, we got another full show tonight. Yeah, I just got a thing from my William Hill Sports app that Hardison is plus 15,000 to get any action tonight. But minus 2,000 to find any restaurant that has a fish basket in it. So, hey, you know, lay your money on lay your money on food over sex with that guy. Take those odds. That's for sure. All right. Hey, folks, questions or comments, drop them in the chat box if you're watching us live. If you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, time for the Daily Grind first. March Madness has lived up to the hype. St. Peter's from Joysey City, New Jersey. Gave us our Cinderella now in the Sweet 16. By the way, that is the proper pronunciation of Joysey City. My college roommate, Michael Holt, is from there, and he said that is the way you say it. So St. Peter's of Joysey City knocked off Kentucky, which spends, get this, Kentucky spends 11 times more on their hoops program than St. Peter does. How about that? And also, Fish, we saw another classic as the Tar Heels knocked off number one seed Baylor. Baylor came back from, what, 25 points down only to lose. Fish, if you can, prognosticate on what's ahead in the Sweet 16. You know, if our phones, you and I, our phones are changing hardest than yourself and me, just just charged us on the Texas we do alone during March Madness, we'd be bankrupt. It's insane. I love it. We're back and forth to that Baylor because one of the good friends of the show, John O'Hurley, his wife went to Baylor. I can only imagine her nail biting going on. Great game. I wish there was more nail biters. Um, uh, I'm not going to say who predicted this, but someone said Miami would make a deep run. They've made a deep run. It's great to see. St. Peter's is a story of this whole thing. Three of the teams that we have all picked to go to the Final Four are still alive in UCLA, Duke, and Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I told you Purdue would knock off Texas. There's not a lot of surprises here. I still think, I think people, I, I think the network really wants to see Duke make a long run. They made a long, they much make the sweet 16. It's a long run. So uh, yeah. I'm hoping they go long. And again, the defense of the Providence Friars is amazing. If they, if that, if Ed Cooley, I, I said, Ed Cooley, the coach of Providence, I told you this off camera. He could be a coach in the NFL. He could coach defense. I'm tell, I'm serious. Yeah. Because yeah. the schemes that he has on defense, you follow the team religiously, pontificate on that. 
I, I got to tell you, they, uh, you know, one, they were rested. Two, I think they played a Richmond team that was a little bit drained from, uh, from beating Iowa the day before. But that is what the Providence Friars have done. You don't have a single hero. Horkler was the star of that game, but all the others came in. So he's put together a great team. It is really a team. You don't know who the superstars are. Not one of those players was first team all Big East. Um, no. When I saw them come out for that game, I thought, okay, this is what they've been doing. They got blown out in the Big East tournament. And the last time they got blown out was against Xavier. They lost by 40. Uh, they came back and won seven straight. So I'm hoping they're going to win seven straight. They've got a tough road to hoe. They got Kansas. Kansas looks really good. If they win, they're going to have to play far above what they've been playing. That's for sure. But fun anyway. For an old fryer. All righty. Yeah. All right. Again, the hard line cannot be with us tonight, but he gave up, gave us two of his best games coming up. The first is Michigan versus Villanova. He's taking Michigan plus five. I think that's a good bet. I think Villanova is going to win. I think they should just show great fundamentals, but they're not going to run away. What are you thinking on that game? I disagree with the hard line. Go for the fish. Go for the fish basket, buddy. I'm telling you, I like Villanova huge in this game. Huge. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's a double digit win. Wow. Okay, cool. All right. Hardline has Houston on the money line over Arizona. I'm kind of thinking Houston too in this one. Fish, what about you? Because you got a little uh you got a little heart there with uh with Arizona. I do. My son graduated from there. Big fan of the show, big, big uh, alumni of the show. A guy who's gonna be on the show next week, Brad Grumberg, University of Arizona alumni. All right. That being said, I've always said don't bet with your heart, bet with your head. So I'm going with Arizona. I like Arizona. <laughs> All right, so Fish, we're at Sweet 16. We usually do this. Who are you picking now to win it all now that we're back down to the Sweet 16? I'm going to actually go Gonzaga. I'll go first. I'm seeing Gonzaga. What about you? Wow. You know what? I'm going to go with a major, major uh, someone I, I love. Who's the tall guy that looks like Ivan Drago from Rocky Four on Purdue? They yeah. just beat the yeah. crap out of Texas at my alma mater the other day. Yeah. I love Purdue. I love the perimeter offense. If that if that was a coach from the fifties, you're saying I want four goddamn passes before you shoot the ball. I'm going with Purdue. You know, it's not a bad choice. I can't tell you. You know, I'm picking Gonzaga, but that's just kind of like I think they're the most. They have the best fundamentals. I like what they did, but I love some of the other. I love Purdue. I love what Villanova did. So, you know, who knows? We'll talk about it next week. All right, next hope. In baseball, we weren't crazy about the owners' players' labor deal, but the deep pockets teams did not get Carlos Correa. He goes to the small market twins. Fish, this surprised me. You? Yeah, I called you and said, can you believe that? Because the Yankees made a huger off, a, a better offer for him. Yeah. And usually in the past, the Yankees land their guy. And for marketing purposes, too, you're in New York. You know, Minnesota is a smaller market. I think it's great. It's, it's, it's a good sign. But still, there's nine or 11 teams that can't participate in free agency to the point where it makes it competitive. You know, I'm a big Dodger fan, but my second team is the Oakland A's. It's a fire sale. They're telling everyone in Oakland, don't come. We're moving to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yep. No, you can see it. All right. We'll talk about that more in upcoming shows too, as we get out, we get more information inside Las Vegas there. And finally on the grind, crazy NFL offseason gets crazier. First today, the Falcons traded veteran Matt Ryan to the Colts. A Matthew Stafford move fish? Uh, that's a that's a great question. I, I think no, because the Rams are more or loaded, and Stafford was a piece to come in, and then you bring in Von Miller and OBJ. And those are the pieces to fit 
to, to make the Rams all in. And they had a two-year window. I talked to Torson about this all the time, and they did it. Within the two years, they won a Super Bowl. Atlanta's not all in. They don't have a lot of great, great tight end, great skill position player in Kyle Pitts. I don't know if, if that's a move to make them to let I – don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, for Atlanta, I'm, so, I'm talking about – so the Colts, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking about Atlanta because Marcus Mariota just signed with Atlanta, and I think that's, that's a great move. I, I love this kid. I love it when he took yeah. over for Carr and, and he played terrific. I think that's the move because the Colts have the seventh-rated defense in the league, John, and you have the number one running back in Jonathan Taylor. Mar Mariota provides a, a, a better pocket presence than a Carson Wentz did last year with them. As far as Ryan going to uh, um, uh, the Colts, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's all in. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell. He's he's horrible in the pocket. He, yeah. he, he gets sacked all the time, like Carr and like Stafford. So if you don't have any movement, if there's zero um, escapability or improvisation as a quarterback in today's NFL, you're done. That's true. Absolutely. Plus, all right. That's true. And then let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns. They traded for legally challenged Deshaun Watson as their franchise QB. Fish, we have Browns fans in both of our families, and they think this is pretty risky. I do, too. What do you think? Well, let me show you some of the memes they sent us. There's one. Check this out. This is the AFC North. Okay, look. Burrow, Jackson, Watson, Trubisky. I love it. Okay, that's great. Look at Mayfield. Look at Mayfield before you find out. This is Baker Mayfield. I know your wife kind of likes. Look on his face. There goes his commercials for 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 having that stadium. He's got to give it up to, to watch. Now I don't know if this is too soon, but Deshaun said I'm going to go to Cleveland. I need a mentor. I need someone to tell me how to look good in this uniform. So this guy came around. What do you think about this? <laughs> too soon? <laughs> I mean, you know, they have, they, do they have anything in common? And then you go to the Raiders. The Raiders got Devontae Adams. We talked about this, and we had a Daily Fish. A great move for the Raiders. This will this will attract any any free agent. This is a new set of Raiderettes. This, is, this just came out yesterday in, in beautiful Las Vegas. Wow. How do you not go to a team that you can look at, uh, at that before you look at some idiot trying to talk to you, some big grovelly guy on the field, okay? And you know what? Lester Hayes, the guy in back of me, see that guy in back of me? He married a Raiderette. Alex oh. Smith married a Raiderette. I love it. Okay. And then, of That's course, true. because Mark has no money anymore, th this is him recently <laughs> on Southwest Airlines. Seriously. <laughs> you got to play coach, buddy. When when you sign all those players, good for him. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I get the Deshaun Watson thing really quick with with with, with people because the twenty two cases haven't been settled, and if three or four are egregious, what do you do with him? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think it is a risk, but you know we can talk about we'll talk about owners and the way owners think and how they go about things and how it affects the fans. We'll we'll talk about that in another show, that's for sure. All right, Fish, that is the Daily Grind. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Daily Fish is live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Soon, we're going to be switching to Mondays. We'll give you lots of notice about that. You can also watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube soon. We will be on Wingding TV, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. All right. Need a good golf getaway? The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail down south here. The site is MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. You can even play all year round. All right. Time for something fishy. What do we have, Fish? I'm going to be quick here. I, I, uh, My wife and I, I guess as you get in your 60s, when you start to do some channel surfing, you start watching the Game Show Network. And I noticed wow. an interesting trend, okay? 
Why, number one, why isn't the guy that, that hosts this show not on a game show? Because Joey Fatone of the number one boy band ever, NSYNC, is doing a game show. I can't believe it. I'm looking Leah Remini, King of Queens, one of the top sitcoms of all time. Okay. She had a facial work done. She's now doing crossword puzzles. game. <laughs> Wayne Brady did a game show and gave up the Drew. How is Drew? I know Drew Carey is doing The Price is Right, but my God, mm -hmm. this guy's super talented. All right. Mm -hmm. And you see uh, John Michael Higgins has the number one game show in America says, but at least he's still acting. And then I heard you were up for another game show, and I turned on, and then Ahmad Rashad is hosting. I can't think of the name because I just saw him, and I said, are you kidding? It seems like when, when either athletes or actors or maybe comedians seem to have to go another way because they can't get work, they get into game shows. And it's, I don't think it's fishy. I think it's a great thing. I remember my grandmother, rest in peace, watching The Price is Right, John, and she talked to the TV set. And, you know, is the rice a 132 or above? It's not 132, <laughs> goddammit. It's not 132. I'm starting to do that now. So, John, is it fishy that I'm getting older, or is it just part of the <laughs> – is it part of the psychosis of getting older and you get more attracted to game shows? And now you're seeing actors, actresses, comedians, athletes that you really like. What? Well, maybe not so much about Rashad, but because <laughs> he stole real TV from John Daly. But, but that being said, when are you going to get a game show, John? By the way, we are going to get Ahmad Rashad on the show. That's one of the things we're working on. Uh, I don't know that I am going to get Ahmad. What's that? Love you, yeah. Ahmad. Kidding. Yeah, that's right, baby. And uh, I just, I, um, I don't, I don't think because I'm near the L.A. Hollywood scene that I'm, I'm going to get noticed for that. Um, the guy I, I keep telling, I, you know, O'Hurley actually did, uh, yeah. he did family feud for a while, and. Uh, to tell you the truth, I, you know, I keep telling him, "Hey, if you got any, you know, morsels that you don't want, throw them my way or something like that." So um, he was, but you know, he I was great. Know. He did to tell the truth, I think, like that. And every time he walked up to someone, said, "What do you do?" He sounded like Dudley Do Right. He was so good. He was a great host. Look, hey, there you go. Before we get out of the segment, Steve Harvey is one of the top comedians. He still sells out everywhere. He's got his niche with Family Feud, man. He's he's, yeah. he's he's taking over that franchise from Richard Dawson, who made a big in the 70s and 80s, and Family Feud is yeah. still up there with the top game shows. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, and it also, it, it it does help if you're going to be doing live stuff. So it works. So yeah, so that's not so fishy, but it makes sense. All right, folks, still ahead, our Schmuck of the Week, along with Who's Got the Swag and Heidi's Hollywood. And we will talk to rock star Damon Johnson about his career and a huge golf and rock music event that you need to hit because we are. All right, let's dive into the Oscars and some Hollywood bets with Heidi's Hollywood. She is Heidi Holliker, actor and producer who is deep in the entertainment scene with us every week. Heidi, can't wait to get your insight. But first, Hi. You first, sure, yeah. you, you got to give us your binge watch for the week. What do you got? Binge watch. I went Oscars all the way. And um, yeah, let's start with uh, Nightmare Alley, I believe. I think that Fish has seen it. Guillermo del Toro's beautifully directed film. It's based on 1946 novel. And it is uh, Bradley Cooper stars in it, if you haven't seen it. It's about this grifter who joins this traveling circus. And he starts as this kind of very pathetic guy. And he, he works his way up to be the head guy, makes tons of money, does incredibly well. But he's such a bad guy inside that he comes full circle and he ends up being worse off than he started. 
And it's up for four Oscars. It's up for best picture. Um, just checking my notes here. Cinematography, production design, and costume design. Wow. And it, it's it's so beautifully shot. It's 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 really heavy. It's it's a psychological drama thriller, weird, strange, amazing Guillermo del Toro movie. So I definitely wow. recommend that. Okay. And What's the next then, one? My next one is uh, really hits home for Eric and I. Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza was shot at Grant High School, where we went to school in the 70s, late 70s when we went to when we went there. And it's uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, and it is starring Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Uh, just want to get his name right. Uh, he play his name's Cooper Hoffman, and he is he's a he's a star. He's He's amazing. And I'm so glad that I didn't realize that it was Philip Seymour Hoffman's son when I watched it, because, you know, I would have been looking for similarities and different things. This guy holds his own. He is so he's he's so not Hollywood. He's so not actory. He's just he does a beautiful, beautiful performance. And this film is up for three Oscars. It's up for Best Picture, Original Screenplay and Director. And wow. it's about, it's a love story about best friends. And I, I really, it, it feels, it felt, I tell you, when you watch it and you go back to the clothes we wore and the attitude we had and how you literally would run to places. They didn't have, they didn't have their own cars. They didn't have cell phones. It was very, 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 um, it was a huge memory for me. So wow. I, I really, really, really loved it. Super. All righty. We're going to get into that. Again, the Oscars are Sunday. And so we want to have some daily fish back and forth. So Heidi, as our Hollywood insider, will give us her insights along with our film expert here, Brian Torson, who's got the podcast, The Dragon Movie Guy, one of the most popular sites on YouTube. Brian, welcome back to Daily Fish. Thanks for having me. Great. So we need both Heidi and Brian's predictions for the upcoming Oscars. Now, the hard line, again, is being a good hubby tonight but he still gave us his odds for the Oscars. So we're going to share them too as we dive into the top six categories. Fish, you first had a question though. So start off with that. First of all, since Brian hosted our, was our guest on our first show we ever did. Yeah. And really helped oh. us out. He's been on numerous times. Oh yeah. Brian started his franchise out 40, how many? 48. We have a present coming his way. We have a signed Drew Locke jersey from the Seattle Seahawks. Insane. Thank you, Brian, for being one of my biggest fans. So yeah, you get one of those. Uh, I have Brian, a question for Brian. Hey, hey. Don't yeah. go he away. better not be number three. He was three in Denver. He better not be three. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I had to get that unless in. He's the, unless he's wearing the Rick Meyer number three jersey, in which case I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, Joe Montana was number three too in college. That's you true. never know. Yeah. All right, before we start. We this always becomes a question that goes to every Hollywood pundit. I'll ask both of you guys this. We'll go with Heidi first. Okay. Any shuns? Anyone get shunned in the top six categories of actress, best actress, yeah. actor, best actor, best picture, director? Heidi, go yeah. first. Best supporting actress, Tony Collette, Nightmare Alley. She oh, was sorry. fantastic. She's fantastic in everything, but she really, she really was fabulous and so that's a big shun i think it i think it is brian what do you got uh for me especially given that don't look up was nominated for best picture for me spider-man no way home 
is a way, way better film, had way, way better, bigger box office. And if they're going to start letting in comedies and superhero films, it might as well have been Spider-Man No Way Home. That and then in every acting category across the board, how the French Dispatch was completely overlooked in the six major categories is uh, is, is mind-blowing to me. Cool. Uh, you know, mine was Sandra Bullock in The Unforgivable. I thought she should have gotten at least a nomination. Fish, what did you think? Ben Affleck in The Tinder Bar. The Tinder Bar. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, I that. Big Affleck guy. I like a lot of things, real quick. I like a lot of things he does behind the camera. His writing's phenomenal. You know, yeah. Argo, the talent. Argo. But he was really good as an actor. Yeah, exactly. Argo was unbelievable. I've watched it 10 times. I love Argo. Alan Arkin yeah. in that film is just unbelievable. Oh. He's. Oh. John Goodman. John Goodman. Remember John Goodman? Goodman? Yeah. He was great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's start with the Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, uh, Ariana DeVos, West Side Story, Jessica Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Anjanou Ellis, King Richard, and Judy Dench in Belfast. Brian, go for it. Hardline has Ariana DeVos as the favorite at minus 2,000. What do you got? That would be my pick as well. I think that, that obviously these are all strong performances, but Ariana DeBose was the one saving grace for me with West Side Story. I was highly disappointed with that as a remake, the way they did it. And she was the one that really jumped off the screen for me. So Ariana DeBose in a landslide. Heidi? I'm going Anjanou, if I'm saying it, I apologize, wrong. Ellis in King, King Richard. Strong, strong performance. Cool. Well, next we have the Best Supporting Actor nominees. We have, if I'm saying his name right, Hardison, Chiron Hines, Belfast, Troy Cotter of Coda, Cody Smith McPhee, The Power of the Dog, Jesse Plemons, The Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons, one of my favorite actors in being the Ricardos. Our line has Troy Cotter, the favorite, at minus 400. Heidi? Go first. I'm going Troy Kotzer. I, I love J.K. Simmons. I, I loved him in Being the Ricardos. It's Todd Black's film. I, I loved it, but I definitely think Troy Kotzer is going to get it. Brian? Brian? Uh, you know, I liked Coda. I liked Troy Kotzer's performance in that role. I would say my my pick would be Ciaran Hines, though, in Ciaran. Belfast. That Ooh. film is just such a heartwarming interesting look at a, at a childhood, you know, for not being Kenneth Branagh's childhood, but, but also being his childhood and, and C.R. Hines playing his grandfather. I, I loved him in that role. Aye, it's like St. Patrick's Day all over again. Aye. All right, <laughs> let's move to uh, Best Actress, uh, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Kristen Stewart, Spencer, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, Penelope Cruz in Madras Parallelis. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, so Heidi, uh, go first. Hardline has Jessica Chastain as the favorite at minus 165. Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent with him. Jessica Chastain, she, she played this kind of like no one else could. She took it from, um, her character from this very innocent, innocent, desperate in, in her love and her passion to just this wounded creature who then kind of comes out of it. And her makeup is also, her makeup and hair is nominated and Jessica Chastain all the way for me. Yeah. I like this kid, Andrew. Andrew Garfield's up for best actor and tick, tick, boom. Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch. Let, I, I can watch Benedict hold, Cumberbatch. Hold let, let Brian, let Brian, get out oh, of the Brian. Brian. 
Oh, uh, Jessica Chastain's makeup w- was great uh, as Tammy Faye Baker. I love, though, Nicole Kidman. And part of this might be just, you know, binge watching through all the Oscar nominees that I missed. But being the Ricardo's Aaron Sorkin film and her role as Lucille Ball, she to me, she just jumps off the screen. She embodies that. She wasn't doing a Lucy impersonation, but she embodied Lucille Ball on screen and off screen. And you really do stop seeing Nicole Kidman, and you know, who's obviously a very distinct personality. But she morphs into Lucy, and she just jumps off the screen for me. So for me, Nicole Kidman is who I, I would pick for you. actress. I agree with you that she absolutely yeah. was a character and the strength. Yeah, but I'm still just. Brian, I, apologize. I, yeah, I apologize, Brian. I have Drew Locke on the brain. I'm sorry. Best <laughs> 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 actor, Andrew Garfield. Tick, tick, boom is one of the nominees. We have Benedict Cumberbatch, who I could watch doing a car commercial and fall in love with the car. Power of the Dog, Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and Will Smith, King Richard. Hardline has Will Smith, guys, as the favorite Ooh. at minus 1,000. That's huge. Heidi? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I, I mean, I loved him, I, but I've loved him in everything. Again, I know I keep saying that. I saw him in, on Broadway in Angels Over America and he is he just he jumps off the screen always so and he's so beloved so I'm going Andrew Garfield uh to be completely transparent I'm a huge rent head so I I love Andrew Garfield as the creator of Rent in Tick Tick Boom and I've never really seen that many interviews with the actual creator of Rent but he just embodies so much of what Rent would become that it's it's really cool seeing Andrew Garfield slip into that role and kind of, you know, for everyone who loves Rent and and all those type of musical stories, I think Andrew Garfield absolutely. Cool. All right, best director Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Risuk Hamaguchi, Drive My Car, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Paul Thomas Anderson in Licorice Pizza, uh, Brian Spill for us the. Um, uh, Hardline has it's Jane uh, Jane Campion, the favorite at minus three thousand. Sorry about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was a well directed film, but for me, I would go with Raisuki Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. That film is so well done. It is if you really and if you go back and watch it twice, it's three hours long and all in Japanese. But <laughs> if you can stand reading uh, subtitles for three hours. That film, the stuff that's introduced at the beginning is reintroduced at the end. It all fits together. And it, even there's plays within a film that, you know, there's film within a film. There's plays within a film that all it ties together seamlessly. So to me, that that is the best director of the year. Or, yeah, directing Oscar. Okay. Uh, I'm going Jane Champion. Uh, it's, it, it's really between Paul Thomas Anderson and Jane Champion for me. But, but I think Jane's going to take it home. And the Oscar for Best Picture goes to Nightmare Alley, Don't Look Up, Dune, Drive My Car, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, King Richard, and Coda. Hardline has The Power of the Dog as a favorite at minus 250. Brian, you go first. Uh, it it doesn't surprise me. Power of the Dog might be a favorite uh, for me. My my uh, my best picture is Drive My Car. It is just it's completely out of left field. It took me by surprise. I watched it twice, and it sucks you in every time. 
story about a guy who's just past his peak and he's just starting to realize his humanity. The second choice that I would have as a second place would be Belfast. Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. It's it's not a, it's not about his childhood, but it is about his childhood. If you really read into it more, read about how he was there at Belfast. He was nine years old. That's what this character is, and just the point of view at which they're telling the story from a nine-year-old boy of the world disintegrating around him. It's heartbreaking. It's beautifully done, and uh, yeah, I would have Belfast as my second pick, and my first one is Drive My Car. Heidi, what do you got? Okay, for me, well. I love Don't Look Up. I love Nightmare Alley. But I think the winner is going to be Coda. So that's my pick. Yeah. Great film. Great, great, great film. Um, John, you have a favorite? Um, You know, I'm not really certain. Uh, I would say um, I, I haven't seen all of Power of the Dog, but what I have seen of it, I really enjoyed so I would probably go with that. Uh, I still got to watch Belfast, so I haven't seen that. So I would guess those two are probably mine. What about you, Fish? Um, I love Drive My Car. I, I like I liked all of these films. Uh, um, Nightmare Alley, I loved a lot. I know Guillermo del Toro is a good friend of Heidi's. It dragged for me a little bit. I'm going to go entertainment value-wise if I had to and go with Don't Look Up. I, I That was the greatest satire of a disaster apocalyptic film. I mean, there's such great lines in that movie. The cap, the acting in that, the Caprio, Jennifer Lawrence, brilliant. I mean, Meryl Streep uh, was Jonah Brian, Hill. Yeah, yeah, Jonah Hill is great. I, Brian, what's the guy? I can't remember what's the guy's name. Is the top actor right now that played the sort of like the uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? No, the Jeff Bezos character, the guy that that was kind of crazy. Oh, Mark Rylance. Mark, say again, Mark Mark Rylance. He's in the outfit that's out this weekend. So oh, good. Mark. So yeah, good. It's Street, a I, yeah. So I, I got, I have, don't look up. This is a, you know. Mark Rowe was also great in uh, Ready Player One. If if you remember, he was the guy that kind of came up with everything for Ready, Ready Player One. So if you haven't seen him there, you've seen him in there. Don't you agree that the films are so different that this year it's so, they're so vastly different. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And I'm a big fan. John, John and I were young enough to see this when we were kids. I'm shocked at West Side Story. No, I love Spielberg's up for Best Picture. I, mm-hmm. I'm not. I didn't buy it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of interesting to see that. Hey, let me ask. Let me just ask you really quick before we wrap up here. Uh, how important is the the Academy, the actual Academy, their makeup, their demographics, their politics, to, uh-huh. to decide who wins and who doesn't lose? Because you know, Brian, you're talking about, okay, that's a really good film. It's probably going to win, but that's not the best one. How do you, is there a way, and again, I'm asking kind of a sports question here, you know, not necessarily the best team wins all the time. Sometimes it's somebody that has something else. Is is there anything in there that, um, that would dictate who wins and who doesn't? Well, there always seems to be some sort of, uh, political messaging kind of thing like people wanting to send a message or send attention to and you know i'm not being in hollywood i I don't know where that wind is blowing but you could make an argument that if something if something is good enough to be nominated it's good enough to win and you know flip a coin as to whose performance is better you know especially when you're talking taste so I, i get that but to me it really should be about what the best movie is um not not trying to make a statement or or send a message heidi what do you think it's also um, for some of the categories that makeup and hair, visual effects, they do a bake-off where seven seven films, it comes down to seven films, and then they choose 
three films that are that are nominated, and that has a lot to do with the actual Academy uh, committees. But once it goes to the voting, to to the general membership at large, the voting members, then it's really who who's guess as to, a you know, certainly if if I have a friend and I was a voting member of the Academy. I'm going to vote for my friend. You know, I mean, there's certainly that going on. Everyone has an association with the Oscars in some way. Uh, all of the films nominated certainly are have to have some amazing values to have gotten to this point. It takes years to get a film made, let alone get this opportunity. So it, it's it's very political. It's it's, but you never know. I mean. You never know what happens until that night. Well, all I can say is I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked that people vote for their friends. It's unbelievable. That that would well, hey, if you guys were up, I'd be voting for you. And I just want to oh. add the most important thing that people bring on the red carpet is Altoids. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That could win the biggest award. That's right. They really should. All right. And uh, all right, folks. And that is Heidi's Hollywood. She is with us every week. You can check her out on Facebook and Instagram. And also check out Brian Torreson's Dragon Movie Guy on YouTube. Hey, you guys did a great job. Thank you so much for uh, educating us and uh, giving us the picks. Good luck, everybody. It's, it's going to be so fun. I, I'm, I'm the person that watches from 1 p.m. on. You know, I watch everything. I and you know, one little piece of trivia quickly is that MGM was just bought out by Amazon for $8.5 billion. And yeah. uh, Licorice Pizza, I believe, is the last film under MGM. And it uh, and right. it's they MGM hasn't had a film nominated uh, one for Rain Man since 88. So this is wow. this is kind of a little bittersweet. MGM owns Valley Girl, so I have a you know an affinity for MGM, but it is um, the last yeah the last film under MGM. So that's all right. Well, we will definitely stop. we'll definitely review that in weeks to come. That's for sure. All right, guys, should be a fun weekend. Yep, should be a good Brian, one. Brian, all right, Brian, real quick, Brian, real quick, Rick Myers coming out of retirement, so hang on. <laughs> <laughs> So, folks, we love having you. Brian. Brian's probably not going to like the Seattle Seahawks jokes anyway. Hey, remember, Daily Fish is live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific. Again, we will let you know when we move to Mondays because that's going to happen soon. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Soon we'll be on Wingding TV. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart and Amazon podcasts. All right, now it's time for our schmuck of the week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? It's not this icon. It's not this, but this is a really sad story. Sometimes we got to call people out on this. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, I don't have the picture of it, but I'm going to talk about it, okay? Oh, wow. Um, for some reason, my computer is really doing some weird things. I have pictures of icons that we had from four shows ago, so I'm going to do the best I can on this. Uh, it's a sad story about a dog named Chuckles, a North Carolina dog, your backyard, was abandoned yep. and sent to an animal shelter because its owner thought the pooch was gay. I'm not kidding. No shit. Fesco, the name of the dog, is held up at the Shanley County shelter after his owners caught him humping another male hound. All right. Of course, the owner's reaction is absurd, John. Dogs do this for dominance. And even if Fesco was gay, who gives a crap? 
The shelters posted Fesco's story on Facebook, assuring prospective owners he's a good boy and kind of people and his peers alike. Okay. I mean, th this is nuts. As, as Fesco's former owners maybe try a turtle, then again, that hump on their shell may be alarming to them. <laughs> All right. Definitely got it. All right. Let's see who's got the swag this week. Who are we toasting, Fish? Okay. Here we go. This one. John found this one. John finds a lot of things in, in this. And this is just a, this. Every week, we, we seem to top our swag from the week before, all right? This guy is Chef Jose Andres. Guess what he's doing? Those fleeing the violence in Ukraine can spend days traveling before they're able to reach safety. That's why this great chef, that was nonprofit, World Central Kitchen, John, quickly set up facilities across the country to provide meals for people fleeing the war. They were on the ground in Ukraine one day after the Russian invasion. Quote, yeah. why are we so quick? Because we don't plan. We don't meet. We come and we begin cooking. End quote. Andres told Michelle Martin of the uh, NPR in France. The Prom Profit, which partnered with restaurants in the country, is serving food at hundreds of locations in 12 Ukrainian cities. It also has sites in Poland, Hungary, Romania, and Slovakia for refugees across the border to, to, to safety. He is constantly onslaught with bombs and mortars and doesn't care. He's cooking for the needy. Yep. He's, he's a great man. And if you're in Vegas, he's got a restaurant called Bizarre Meat. That's always his restaurant there. Go try it out. It's excellent. And then also um, uh, there's a great book that he wrote about We Fed an Island, and it's about what he did for Puerto Rico after that devastating hurricane. So uh, definitely. So we are going to be toasting him with our drink of the week. What is our drink of the week, Fish? I guarantee you. Heidi knows this. When you go to the rap parties, even at the Academy Awards, they're serving champagne. You know, I, I, this is it. It, it, it. You know what? If not for the Academy Awards, de definitely for Chef Andres. I mean, this is, what a class, what a stud. What a great Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Imagine cooking and there's bombs going off five feet. Of, uh, it's amazing. Tear jerking. Yeah. Chef to Chef. Hmm. Ah, all right. Hey, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shuck's Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shuck's Tavern. You can check, check out Shuck's Tavern on Facebook. You get a lot of folks coming in, don't you, Fish, uh, asking for that, right? Yeah. They walk in and go, why isn't Heidi working? She's better looking than you. So give me <laughs> just some work here. All right. <laughs> yeah, I do. We have a lot of people coming in. We have a lot of drinks going out. And we have a lot of people saying another appetizer. It's great. It's great for business. Thank All you. Right, super. All right. Super. Let's bring on our special guest. Damon Johnson is a rock guitarist, singer, and songwriter who has been with Thin Lizzy, Blackstar Writers, Brother Kane, which he founded. And he's also played one of our with one of our favorites, Alice Cooper, and also another one, Sammy Hagar. Damon, welcome to Daily Fish. Fish, John. This is so cool, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you on. I want to talk about Rockin' on the Runway. Coming up April 20, uh, 2nd through the 4th. It's in Greenville, South Carolina, raising money for abused and neglected and at-risk kids. I am so excited to be there because I have heard what a great event this is. And it's golf, but really the highlight is the rock concert that you're a big part of. It's, it's like a jam session. Talk about that, will you? It really is, fellas. We're extra, extra excited this year because of the pandemic. We haven't been able to have the event for the past two Octobers, which is when we generally have it. Um, 
the, the, the leaders, our fearless leaders, Mike and Troy, they started this thing. I, it's been probably 15 years or more. It started out just as a golf tournament. And then they started having some performers come and it was on acoustic. And the next thing you know, it's evolved into this giant classic rock, classic pop concert. And it's just the best time, fellas. Uh, I feel like the lineup this year is, is, is one of the best ever. And, uh, you know, kudos to you guys for talking it up because it's, it's for just a great cause. And we're thrilled. Next week, Damon, it's a pleasure to meet you. Next it's, week, thank you. Next week will be a year that John and I have done this. And you are definitely by far, and we have a lot of great stars on this show and great guests and great looking people. You're the coolest looking guy we've ever had. On this show. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the rock. Look, and I want to get Heidi on this one. For you look like the rock. Look at this guy's face. It's like Justin. You've got to get Justin Timberlake all the time, don't you? Yeah. You, you know, are an older version of Justin Timberlake. Me, me and Jay. Me and J, me and JT. I mean, it's just you've you've never seen us in the in the same place together. So, yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I don't see you. I don't see you in a boy band because you got the rock look. So yeah, I got to ask yeah. every rock star that you know from and we, you know, I grew up in Hollywood. You know, talk about the groupies. You've had to have a lot of groupies. You ever have groupies walk up to you and say, "How is Joy Fatone doing?" <laughs> you have to have like, all, even Finn Lizzy, Alice Cooper still touring. You have yeah. to have groupies, and, and you know, and you could be as you know elegant as you want in your in your response. Oh, listen, man, there's no question. Fish groupies were not only a big thing in the '80s and '90s; it was a great motivator. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's the whole reason I picked up a guitar in the first place in the seventh grade was to impress girls. That's a fact, you know, uh, I'm, I'm proud to say I'm happily married, father of five. Uh, but I did meet my very hot wife on the road at a gig. <laughs> you know, I've always said that every great thing that's ever happened in my life, fellas, is all because of music. So, uh, yeah, you know, I got all that chaos out of my system, I guess, back in back in the 90s. But uh, yeah, it's fun. It's always great when the girls come, you know, when the girls are dancing and, and singing along and, and energized by it. it uh, I think it makes us play a little better. We're, we're paying more attention. <laughs> I, I got to think, though, if, you, if you're if you're rocking it and you're you're meeting chicks, sometimes it's kind of hard to find the woman of your dreams or your wife because <laughs> they're probably out there having a good time themselves. Not John, thinking about that. John, you have no idea what a mouthful you just said, buddy. That, <laughs> that is the truer words have never been spoken. I, I wouldn't recommend honestly looking for the woman of your dreams uh, backstage at a gig. Uh, but there are rare exceptions. So, uh, there, yeah, I'm uh, I'm proud to be one of those exceptions, I guess. Do you have a collection? I mean, you have five kids. You have to you have to be really discreet. But do you have a collection of all the underwear that's been thrown up on the stage at you? <laughs> no yeah. way, fish. No yeah, way, buddy. You have to. Let me tell you something. I come on, man. Listen to me, man. My radar is so finely tuned. I can see trouble coming like two hundred feet away, and I can turn to one of the guys and go. Don't let her back. I don't want her. I don't want to talk to her. I don't know who that is, but she cannot come back here. <laughs> that's that's trouble. And listen, my you know, trust me, man. My wife, the other guys in my band, their wives, they appreciate it, man. We've we've become quite vigilant 
over the years, man. That is uh, that is headache I don't need at this point in my life. <laughs> Spoken like a man who's been married with five kids, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I got a chance to play in a couple of celeb golf events with uh, Alice Cooper, who you're with. To me, he just defies rock star stereotype when you meet him in person. Just, just a great guy. Uh, give me a good Alice Cooper story. Yeah, Alice is the greatest of all time, guys. He's, I've always said he's a role model for all of us. Um, I have a few great Alice Cooper stories, um, but my favorite is when I first joined the band, I had to go audition. I passed the audition. We had four days of production rehearsals because Alice has got a show, you know, yeah. and I had I'd put in all this time learning all the songs. I had some notes. Uh, Alice wasn't at the rehearsals. It was just the band and myself. So they're like, all right, right here, pay attention because they're going to roll the guillotine out. You know, they're going to chop his head off. Or right here now, uh, make sure you're not standing here because Alice is going to come out in the straight jacket and, you know, they're going to come and beat him up. I'm like, okay, great, great, great. First show, we're playing this giant arena in New Jersey, 16,000 people. It's my first gig. The show's going great. I'm having a great time. There's a classic Alice Cooper band song called Is It My Body? It's very, you, you're familiar with it, right? Absolutely. It's classic, yeah. man. One of my favorite songs. It's got that really sexy riff, you know, the guitar riff. Well, I'm playing that part. So it's just me. There's like five spotlights on me and I'm playing that riff and I'm feeling like the biggest rock god ever. Alice comes up out of the shadows and I feel he's about to put his, you know, his elbow up on my shoulder so he can sing that opening line. What no one ever told me guys is he's got that 16 foot boa constrictor around his neck. And that, and that snake is like hovering right in my face. No one told me, no one said a word. I didn't know there was a snake. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, wow. it was it was terrible. Listen, man, I'm fascinated with snakes and I'm cool with snakes as long as I know I'm about to see a snake. But wow. Don't spring it on me and don't spring it on me in front of 16,000 people, all right? <laughs> did did you lose did you lose place? No, I yeah. I mean did I you I guess ever the professional fellas, I knew I couldn't drop the guitar part. So I just, I just remember looking down at my hands and I'm just counting, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah. I can't look at this guy, John, without asking him, what was it like to date Britney Spears? And be friends with Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting comments this, left and right, man. That this, Justin listen, Timberlake, man, I, it's like a time, the time machine forward. Listen, you know, brother, I, crazy. I, I, I got to bring up something to you, Damon. I, I won't give you, I won't rock you on that anymore. But, you know, being nostalgic <laughs> history guys like John and I are in Daily Fish, so blessed for me as a kid in the 70s to go to rock concerts constantly. When I saw Aerosmith, I saw Queen, I saw Led Zeppelin. 1975. Wow. And you know, I know these some of these bands influence you. Does a the music of today that I have to listen to in the bars because I'm a bartender. I have a place in in Las Vegas, and I I don't understand the music of today. I don't want to piss anybody off, but do you under do you understand where we're coming from? That I believe the era of the late 60s or the British invasion lead into the classic rock of the 70s. 
was so terrific to where every song told a story in four minutes. What happened to today's music? Fish, we grew up in the greatest time, buddy. You know, you guys, you guys were going to see concerts about six years before I was. Uh, but I saw Thin Lizzy as a kid. I saw Aerosmith, Kiss, wow. Van Halen. Van Halen changed my life. Wow. You know, I know it's almost become kind of like the go-to phrase, but it's like, look, that was our music when we were kids. It defined our youth. It's the soundtrack of our lives. Well, now the next generation has their own soundtrack. I would argue, I would argue, and the proof is already in the amount of streaming that classic rock still gets. You know, the songs of today, fellas, I don't know that we're gonna be listening to them in 30 years. Like there's this steady, constant consumption of the music from the late 60s, 70s, 80s. They're better songs. They're simpler songs. They have a clearer message. You know what I'm saying? It, it's there's lifestyle in these new songs. Listen, I got a 13 year old obsessed with pop music, hip hop. So I hear all that stuff, and I I hear things now and again, and I go, okay, wow, that's cool. That's interesting. But I mean, I was listening to Joe Jackson this morning, oh. drive you know, driving the kids to school. And then when I picked him up this afternoon, I was listening to the highway to hell from ACDC because it's, you know, that, that stuff just, it's the reason I get out of bed in the morning guys and, and pick up this guitar back here and, and try to write songs. Cause I, that music motivates me and I know it motivates you as well. So, um, I, all, all we can do is wish this generation good luck. Like, all right, kids, good luck. I hope this music works out for you, but I don't think it's gonna. <laughs> I'll be quick with this because Almost Famous was such a, a movie that was dear to my heart with that Cameron Crowe classic. But I'm going to say something. I want John's response to this. The, the, I, I saw Led Zeppelin in 75. Um, and then in 1976, I went to a concert at the Universal Amphitheater, which is open-ended in Los Angeles. I'm from Los Angeles. And I saw the Electric Light Orchestra. And at 16 years old, I knew that this was something oh, wow. special. The lasers coming down and a rock opera. And to this day, I don't think we've ever had a band like them. John, what's your first concert? And what stands out to you that that, that Damon could relate to? Because he knows these bands. I, I'm going to give you a real, real. This was when I was really young. The Box Tops was the first one. Wow. Take me on an air. What's the airplane song? Um, yeah. Yeah. Give me a ticket. Give yeah, me a ticket. Airplane, right. yeah, Great yeah, song. Yeah. 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 And that I was I had to be probably about 10 or 11. Uh, years old back then, but I would say that was mine that I remember first of all. And I, I was fortunate enough that I, you know, being a, a TV host, I got to go to a lot of different things like the Stones and, uh, you know, so I've, I've, I've seen a lot. But yeah, the box tops I think was my first one. Wow, wow, that's big, man. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, John, what was it like to see the Tommy Dorsey band? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They knew me. That was the thing. They knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's cool. awesome. Damon, Damon, what bands before we get the what what bands influenced you? You know, guys, the crazy thing about my whole story, just the my career, my resume, is two of the three bands that most influenced me. I would grow up, become a professional musician and play in both of those bands. Yeah, that's wild. So that's, that's I mentioned Van Halen was a big influence earlier. 
But the other two big bands for me were Thin Lizzy and Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Well, just last July, I got a call from my friend Ricky Medlock that's been uh, part of the Skinner story from the very beginning. He's been playing guitar in the band since the 90s. The original guitar player, Gary Rosington, that's been there from the very beginning, had a heart procedure. They had all these dates booked that they had already rescheduled from canceling them from COVID. So they wanted to maintain these. Long story short, they called me up. I was able to move my schedule around and go out there and play Gary Rosington's parts on some of the greatest classic rock songs of all time. Freebird, Sweet Home Alabama, Give Me Three Steps, Tuesday's Gone, Simple Man, just crazy, crazy, awesome. That is that is very very cool stuff. Um, when speaking and, and guys too, the, the whole classic rock thing—that's something that we really present at Rocking on the Runway every you know whenever we've done the event in Greenville, man. Um, the set list this year, for example, uh, we're heavy on some classic Chicago songs. The great Danny Seraphine that put the band together, the original drummer, he's there. So we're doing twenty. 25 or 6 to 4, Saturday in the park. Uh, Rob Arthur that plays keyboards with Peter Frampton. Uh, We're doing like Elton John covers. Uh, We're going to do a Boston song this year. Uh, You know, uh, I'm honored. I'm going to sing a couple of Skinner songs. I'm going to sing The Boys Are Back in Town. We got another great guitar player, John Roth, who tours in Starship. Um, He's going to play with us. So it's just... The the lineup is incredible. The set list is incredible, and uh, and to top it off, it's for one of the greatest causes you know we could ever support. So uh, we're thrilled, man. I'm grateful to you guys for talking about it, and you know for having me on. This is fun. I hope we can do this again sometime. We got too real much quick. to talk about. We will. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Damon. I just got a text from Nick Lachey from the Backstreet Boys. They're doing a concert <laughs> tour with Blink One Eighty Two. They need a guitarist to step in. So uh, you're, you, you could, you, I mean, you, you know, I know it's going to piss off your fellow bandmates in sync, but it, it's up to you. You could, you could do an exclusive here on Daily Fish and, and, and give them your services. Fish, listen, man, tell those guys I love them. I miss them, but I'm playing guitar in Leonard Skinner for the rest of 2022. They can't Absolutely. stop me. No, they can't do it. All righty. All right. Hey, we've been talking to Damon Johnson, guitarist, singer, and songwriter. He will be performing at the Rockin' on the Runway concert and celebrity golf event. That's April 2nd through April 4th. It's in Greenville, South Carolina. The proceeds go to abused, neglected, and at-risk children. You go to this website. It's go to, it's rockn on the runway. Rockn, the letter N, on the runway.org. Daily Fish will be there. We are so looking forward to it. Damon, I got to tell you, we don't normally dress like we're in tux, except that Oscar's <laughs> coming up. So you you won't recognize me when you see me at the at the event. I'll be looking for you, John. Listen, guys, next time you got to let me in on that that roundtable discussion about the films. I, I was listening, you know, in the in the waiting room. Uh, don't look up. I've seen three times. I, it's, I told you. It's, it's so good. Love this guy. It's, yeah. it's so good. Uh, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker was staggering. It was staggering. So great. So uh, that's my two cents. I, I still want to see. I haven't seen Belfast. I want to see that. Terrific.
I see. We both see them all. Damon, if you ever get to Las Vegas, please come to the restaurant. I would love to have you and your family out there. Oh, uh, I'll make yes. sure. I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep all the autograph seekers away from you and all the girls, young girls, going underwear. <laughs> your wife, we're That's we're a fish house, so we're a family style restaurant, brother. So fish, we'll, we'll, we'll keep listen, cool. brother. Thank you so much. We will be there. I'm coming. Please take me up on it. The cool thing about me being a rock star, I'm a rock star that flies just a little under the radar, so I can go anywhere, man. <laughs> Nobody bothers me. I love it. Vegas will yeah. think you're Justin Timberlake if I tell them they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. I'll we let can you make some money it. off this. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Nice. Thank you. Buddy. Hey, Damon, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you, buddy. Appreciate thank it. You, thank you so the coolest much. Guy, the coolest looking guy ever on Daily Fish, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm honored. Yeah, Let's do it again, thank fellas. You. All the best. I promise you we will. Damon, you thanks, buddy. Thank you. Love you, All right, fellas. Thanks. Bye. See you. All right, coming up, Fish and I wrap things up, give you a sneak peek at next week. Uh, first, we want to tell you about Hope for the Warriors. There's another celebrity golf event. It's a big event coming up in August, the 27th to 29th. It'll be in Wallace, North Carolina, near Wilmington. And Fish, we are planning to be there. Hope for the Warriors works with our military warriors who were wounded to restore their sense of self, family, and hope. They get them healthy and well, so they're part of their families and their community. And you will see us there as well. That is hopeforthewarriors.org. Please check them out. Also, folks, remember Daily Fish is live, Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5, plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can catch us on YouTube. And we're also going to be on Wingding TV and we are on Spotify and a lot of other podcast uh, sites. So check us out there. We are all over the place and make sure to do that. If you need to write to us, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right. I, I got to tell you that that was that was one heck of a show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. The, the inside by Heidi and Brian. I mean. My dog has the biggest crush on Heidi. Look at my look at Molly there on the couch. Look at her just looking <laughs> over there. Like, what is it, it, it was a terrific show because of all the information. And we're going to keep a tab on what Heidi and Brian that I would I saw every one of those films. I made an attempt, and she's right. There's such a different array of films as far as mm -hmm. styles and themes and stories. Um, but to me, don't look up. It was fantastic. But you know, John, we're, we're next week will be a year. That we should yeah. wear this next week for the year anniversary. Yeah, this should be our celebration. Yeah. Hey, talk hey, about talk Brad Grunberg next week. Talk about Grunberg. Brad Grunberg and Lauren Francesa from one of the top podcasts of how, how you start, you know, 5 million viewers. So they're going to be on and talk about their podcast and their acting careers. And, uh, I, you know, maybe and I by the way, you were, you, were, you were a guest on their podcast. And folks, if you get a chance to go, go listen to it, it was fascinating. You were great. The fact you were talking about the, uh, uh, how you got into the bartending scene and some of the stories. So there was, there was some really good stuff there. Almost as Thank good you. as Damon. You were almost as good as Damon. Never, never. The coolest looking guy, man. I just see the comments on him. My, my, my mom goes, is he single? No, mom. I tell you, mom wants to date everybody that comes on the show. You know, she, she's married to a guy. She's married to a guy for all these years. He must sit there and watch it and go, but I'm not good enough for you. God damn it. You know, so in, in 30 seconds, John, talk about we're going to uh, starting in April. We're going to have a little time and day change, not a time change, but a day change. 
yeah, I think we're going to go Mondays. We were kind of looking at things and just trying to figure out what what everybody out there likes and uh, what would be good. And I think it ties into a lot of the sports from the weekend before, and we can lead into a lot of different things. So we'll keep that. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. It looks like it's going to be the first weekend or the first Monday in April. We're going to switch it from Tuesday to Monday. So anyway, buddy, hey, that was another great show. Looking forward to it. See you next week. You look Love great. you, pal. You, you look great, man. Look fantastic.